This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. How in the world are you doing? I'm doing amazing. It is spring. It really finally feels like it's really spring here. And I've been doing massive spring cleaning. So some of it uninvited, but it's got me on a rampage now. So the other day I was putting away some laundry in my closet and I just had the passing thought. I was like, oh, I should probably clear out some of my old clothes that I just don't need. Like this closet is so cluttered and I need to get rid of some clothes. Passing thought. Then at somewhere between like 2.30 or 3.30 a.m. that night, my closet collapsed, like legit collapsed. We were sleeping and awoken to like a thunderous noise. And I was in such deep sleep. I didn't even register what it was like so my husband gets up and he like goes to the closet which I didn't even know where the sound came from I thought it was one of the kids and he just stares there for a few minutes and I'm like terrified I'm like was there a rodent there like what what happened was it a squirrel from an addict like what and he's just like your closet just collapsed so I have a walk-in closet right so there's three sides, right? Just imagine like a U shape, I guess, when you walk in, there's like a shelving and, you know, I guess a rack for the clothes to hang on the left side, right in front of you and also on the right side. So the one that's right in front of you just completely collapsed. So all of the shoes that were on top of it, all of the clothes, just everything like collided and collapsed right there on the floor. I didn't even get out of the bed when he said it because I was like, I can't right now. Like, I will just have to deal with that the next day. So woke up the next morning, saw the debauchery and did a complete cleanup of the closet. Like I got rid of no less than a third of the clothes I had in there. And so much so that like, I didn't even care if it got fixed, right? I was like, I'll just use these two sides. And that's perfectly fine because half the stuff I have in there before just doesn't fit or is too old or whatever. So that has like sent me spiraling down. I went and got my car really, really well cleaned. I've purged so much from my dresser drawers. I'm like going with the kids' rooms. I had a consult with a home organizer this morning. I am just like getting my whole tidy life together. (laughs) And it feels amazing. And the sun is shining and I've been spending a lot of time outdoors and I have just been soaking up spring. I feel invigorated in so many ways. So 
none of that has to do with what we're going to talk about today. Like not even a little bit because what we're talking about today is disappointment, dealing with disappointment. Now I could say, right, I remember actually when the closet collapsed and I had to like carve out four hours the next day of my schedule to deal with it. I remember thinking like, I could be really frustrated by this or I could see it as an opportunity. So if you're struggling with the emotion of disappointment, right, you can be really frustrated by it or you can also see it as an opportunity. So see how I just like linked all that together. That was not even in my show notes. But, you know, I aim to give you all the perspectives that will be helpful for you. All right. So enough chitter chatter. Let's dive in to this idea of dealing with disappointment. Here's the thing we all know and we all have to be reminded of always is disappointment is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable in your life. It's inevitable with yourself. And it's for sure inevitable in your marriage. One of the things I've been saying a lot to my clients, um, especially inside the marriage upgrade, is you have to think about it, right? Like you and your spouse are going to be married for the next 50, 40, 60 years, right? And so when you look at the long-term life you have to live together, it's expected that you're going to be disappointment. Like no one goes through 50 years without experiencing a disappointment, right? And so I want to normalize the experience of feeling disappointed, right? You are human. You have expectations that don't get met. People make commitments that they don't follow through on. And so feeling disappointed is not something any of us get to escape. I wish I could say we do, but we don't. And especially in marriage, you have to consider that you are two different people with two different brains, two different perspectives, two different sets of life experiences, and two different sets of preferences. And you're being put together for life to navigate the hardest parts of being a human being. I want you to just think about all of the life transitions that happen over the course of someone's marriage, right? You're going to have job transitions, professional transitions, financial transitions, family structure transitions. You're going to have loss. You're going to have drifting away of friendships. You're going to have moving away. You're going to have any and every life transition you can imagine is going to happen within the lifetime of a marriage. And so, of course, those transitions as well as the day-to-day living together and the day-to-day decisions and operating that happens as a couple, disappointment is going to be right there in the car with you at every stop sign, traffic light, 
merge area, U-turn, all the things, okay? So we're here for it, right? What if part of the mindset you just adopted is like, I'm here for the disappointment? Not that you're raising your hand and like, you know, standing in line for it, but like when it's here, you're like, okay, I'm here for this moment in my life. I am not going to abandon myself. I am not going to abandon my spouse. I am not going to abandon what I want, even in this moment of feeling disappointment. There are a lot of ways I see disappointment showing up when I am coaching and speaking with my clients. So I thought I would just open up this conversation with some of the most common examples. Then I want to talk through what makes it hard to navigate and deal with disappointment. And then I want to give you a specific process to walk yourself through it. Okay. So some of the most common examples that create the emotion of disappointment are one, just generally communicating with your spouse and they don't respond with empathy to a concern you have, right? Like you want your marriage to feel like a safe place where like if you're worried about something or if your partner isn't showing up in a way that you really feel is necessary for your relationship to thrive and you bring that to them, right? It feels very vulnerable, very fragile, and you bring it to them and they don't have any empathy for it, right? It's like you've just literally taken your heart out of your chest and shown it to them and say like, can you help me? And they're like, no. That is disappointing, right? So if you feel disappointed in those moments, you are human. And I just want to validate, of course, that feels disappointing, right? Other things, you might be really excited about something and you've shared it with your partner and they're not excited right? Again, a vulnerable part of your authentic self is like, here, oh my gosh, this thing is great. And then you share it with them and they're just like, I don't want to do that. Or I don't think that's a good idea. Or that's not that great. Or what about this, right? It feels like they're just like poo-pooing on the party you're trying to bring. Of course, you feel disappointed, right? Other things that I see a lot is when maybe your spouse doesn't prioritize spending time with each other in the way that you'd like. Maybe there are certain things you really, really enjoy doing and are very important to you, but they're busy. They're busy working. They're busy traveling. They're busy hanging out with their friends. They're busy tending to the kids and having them engaged in a thousand and one activities. They're busy not with you. If that's what you're experiencing and if that's what it feels like to you, then of course you feel disappointed, right? Maybe you're disappointed because it seems like your spouse isn't willing to overextend themselves for you. This is something, again, that I see a lot. I can think of one couple in particular. The husband had a really hard time. He really felt like, 
whenever his wife's girlfriends asked her for anything or they wanted to spend time with her, she would like move heaven and earth to be there for them or to engage in the thing that they were inviting them to. But when it came to him, it felt like she had all these excuses and all these roadblocks. And so that was hard, right? He felt like you're not willing to go the extra mile for me. And that can breed disappointment, right? Or maybe your spouse just isn't as warm and welcoming and happy to be with you, right? Maybe they have a little bit of an attitude or maybe they're dealing with some resentment or maybe they're just feel a little lukewarm to you, right? Or like maybe you hear them talking with some other people on the phone or hanging out with other people and it's like, oh my gosh, they're so alive and they're so fun and they're so engaged and they're so present. And then when it's time for you all to sit down and have a conversation, it feels like you're pulling teeth or it feels like you're kind of talking to a brick wall. That can be disappointing, right? Maybe you feel rejected or unseen by your spouse in some way. Maybe you're you know, going out of your way to be conscious and mindful and do the things that you know are going to help your relationship, but it just doesn't feel like they're noticing. It doesn't feel like they're seeing your effort and you feel rejected. You feel disrespected in some way, or maybe, you know, you are reaching out to them and you're trying to connect and you're trying to suggest things and they just have excuses and you feel totally rejected. That can be really disappointing. Or maybe, and this is something we talked about at the in-person retreat for the marriage upgrade, maybe you're really wanting to move your marriage and your relationship along further, right? Like maybe you are on this improvement journey together and it feels like you're pouring gas on it while your partner is like pouring brakes on it, right? Where it's like, hey, let's repair, let's like talk about this issue and move on from it quickly. But they're kind of stuck in the past or they're keep looking over their shoulder, remembering how it went wrong the the last time. And you're like, no, but like we have new tools now. We're ready. Like, let's move it forward, right? Like that can be disappointing as well. I think another source of disappointment is making progress and then feeling like you're back to square one. I hear this a lot too, where it's like, I thought we were doing better and I thought we were communicating and I thought we had resolved this. And, you know, maybe your partner shows up differently for a period of time, or maybe they're able to do some things in your relationship and in your home for a period of time. And then like something shifts and then it feels like you're back to square one. That can be really disappointing as well. Okay. So, When we think about these experiences, and I'm sure you can name your own as well, what makes it so hard is disappointment comes about when we have a desire or an expectation that is not yet being fulfilled. And anything we want or desire, we want it for a reason, right? Like the things we want to be happening are for good reason. And usually the reason we want anything is because of how we want to be feeling, right? So you want to be feeling understood 
which is why when your partner doesn't show empathy for something you're concerned about, it feels so jarring to you, right? You want to feel connected and you want to feel engaged with each other. So when they're not interested in what you're talking about or they're not, you know, celebrating something that you're really excited about, it feels disconnecting. And you might second guess yourself or you might judge them. And that's hard, right? To feel like your spouse is giving the best of themselves to work or to other friends or to other aspects of their life while you get the leftovers, that's hard, right? So feeling disappointed is counter to the feeling that you want to be feeling, which is happy or at peace or content or fulfilled or cared for or understood or supported, encouraged, you name it, right? So that's one reason feeling disappointed feels so hard. Another reason is that we're actually just caught off guard, right? Maybe you expected one thing and then you got another, right? Like maybe you came to your partner with this conversation and you felt like you were really grounded and you weren't being reactive and you were just trying to like open up the lines of communication. And so you expected like, hey, when I show up as my best, you're going to show up as your best. And then they don't. That's jarring. That's surprising. You're sort of caught off guard of like, hey, wait, I was doing the right thing here. Or maybe if you're if you are doing the right thing and then they just don't notice, right? Like you're caught off guard by that because we are taught in this like performance-based achievement-oriented world that we live in, that like when you do the right thing, you get acknowledged. When you do the right thing, you get praised. When you do the right thing, you're celebrated and other people should meet you at the level that you are putting out there. And so when that doesn't happen, especially in your marriage, that is hard. Okay. Other reasons this is hard, feeling disappointed, is we don't like to give up control, right? So people who find themselves disappointed often are sometimes people who have very high expectations and like to have things a very specific way and like to exercise a lot of control to make sure that things go a certain way right? That's just code word for perfectionist, (laughs) right? Which I'm raising my hand too. I get it, right? Like you have a vision in your mind. You have a story in your head that you really want to play out a certain way. And so we don't like to give up control. And when we are disappointed, when we're let down, when someone doesn't meet that expectation that we've been holding in our head, we don't like that because we can't actually control that. We can't go inside our partner's brain and make them understand and make them say the empathetic thing or make them show up the way that we want them to. So that's hard. Being being out of control in a situation where you want total control. And then I think at the deepest level, disappointment for us inside of a marriage or inside of a committed relationship is it feels like a missed opportunity for an important moment of connection, 
right? So like when you're vulnerably going to your partner to share something or when you're excited about something or when you're wanting to spend time together and they're unavailable or not interested, it feels like you're just missing opportunities. And I think all of us can recognize how precious and how fragile and how swift life can pass us by. And we're disappointed because we don't want to miss those moments of connecting. We don't want to miss those moments of being very vulnerably understanding, compassionate, kind, and there for each other. Okay? So it's hard. Now, because it's hard, though, it doesn't give us permission to react in destructive ways. And this is where I think I see a lot of marriages get into trouble is that because one, we don't want to normalize that we're going to be disappointed. And two, we don't like the feeling that it brings up and we don't know how to handle the feeling. A lot of times when we don't know how to handle a feeling or an emotion, we cope with it. And the people that I see, right, the people that I talk to, are having a hard time coping with it in a healthy and productive way, right? And so that means that maybe the coping mechanism that feels like the knee-jerk reaction to them is kind of destructive. That might be lashing out, right? And you feel disappointed and so you lash out and you blame and you kind of spew your anger onto your partner or you shut down completely. Where you're just like, I can't handle being disappointed, so I'm not going to ask you again. I'm not going to invite you again. I'm not going to try to have this interaction with you anymore because I am shutting down because feeling disappointed with you doesn't feel safe. And so you just don't communicate what's happening for you, right? And that can lead you to getting into the state of hyper-independence, where it's just like, I'm over here living my life, doing my thing, and you stay over there living your life, doing your thing. So those are the three sort of most common destructive ways of reacting to disappointment that I see. Lashing out and being really angry and rude and disrespectful, shutting down and withdrawing or becoming hyper-independent, right? Now, I just want to offer you like, If you find yourself doing any of these things, they are normal human ways of coping. Doesn't mean that they're helpful or healthy, right? Because as human beings, we are doing the thing that feels self-protective. So there's no judgment. It's sort of like, of course, that's what your brain is telling you to do. Your partner doesn't feel like an ally to you. Your partner doesn't feel like someone you can depend on. So of course you're going to want to protect yourself. And we want to have compassion for that because when you can have compassion for that part of you that wants to rise up in self-protective stance, then you get to go inside and comfort that part of you and show yourself that you are safe with yourself. And whenever you're feeling safe within yourself, then you can respond to your partner in a different way, right? And when we allow ourselves to indulge in these unhealthy coping mechanisms, although they're human tendencies, right? We lose sight of what we really want, right? Because again, 
back to the only reason we're disappointed in the first place is because we want to have a loving connection with each other. And when we're in self-protective mode, lashing out or shutting down or being hyper-independent, we don't create any room for that connection to happen. And then we don't feel happy and we don't feel content and we're not engaged in the relationship the way that we want to be. All right, so I'm going to give you a six-step process to help you navigate the experience of feeling disappointed, right? This is how I want to encourage you to start handling the inevitable disappointment that is going to come up in your marriage. Number one, acknowledge how you feel, right? So many times we are moving so fast and reacting, we don't even get present with ourselves to how we're feeling. So acknowledging how you feel and doing so without judgment and without shaming yourself and without blaming your partner is just like, wow, I feel disappointed. I feel disappointed, right? Like you feel disappointed, of course. So you want to just acknowledge that for yourself. Because a lot of times in our disappointment, if we're in a conversation with our spouse, we're trying to like get them to see our disappointment and we're trying to get them to solve for our disappointment. But we have to acknowledge it first. So you acknowledge how you're feeling without judging yourself, without shaming yourself and without blaming this other person that you love. Number two is to take responsibility for your feelings and to really be able to connect the dots to where this feeling is coming from for you, as well as what you are actually thinking in the moment. So any situation where you are feeling disappointed, let's just take you bring something to your partner, they don't respond empathetically or they're not as enthusiastic or excited as you are, right? You want to start asking yourself, like, when we have these interactions and I'm feeling disappointed, what is the story I'm telling myself? What am I making that mean? Usually what I hear from people is they make it mean that they're partner doesn't care. Oh, they don't care. Or they're too selfish. Or they don't want to be kind, right? It's usually something like that. I will say 90% of the time it is they don't care, right? So any moment where you're feeling disappointment, it is because you're thinking your partner doesn't care. And so you have to connect the dots of like, Why is that so hard for you to feel uncared for? Like, what is that really about for you? Now, of course, on the surface, it's hard for anyone to feel uncared for. But there's something unique about your specific flavor of feeling uncared for in the specific situations where you find yourself most disappointed. And you want to be able to connect those dots. So the way you do that is you just simply ask yourself, what is this really about for me? What is this reminding me of? 
And usually it's something in childhood, right? Where you had an experience of disappointment with your parents or your caretakers. So you want to be able to connect those dots. And being able to do that helps you take responsibility for your feelings. Oh, I'm feeling this way because this is my thing, (laughs) right? This is my thing that always triggers me or always upsets me or always sets me on the path to feeling disappointed. Number three is you really want to just accept where you are and stop resisting the reality, right? So when we're feeling disappointed, a lot of times we want to fight it. We want to like correct the situation, put all the ducks in a row so that we don't feel disappointed. But I want to invite you that in dealing with the disappointment, one of the greatest steps you can do is just accept the fact that that's where you are right now. Hey, this happened or this didn't happen or this conversation didn't go the way that I wanted and I'm here feeling disappointed. I don't need to fight that. I don't need to like go back and try to convince my partner to understand in a different way so that I don't have to feel disappointed. I can feel disappointed. So it's accepting it. It's accepting, yeah, right now I feel disappointed. That can be okay. Step four is to self-soothe and take care of yourself, right? Acknowledging and accepting where you are in the feeling, in the emotion of disappointment doesn't mean that you abandon yourself and just leave yourself there. Right? It's like, oh, I'm feeling disappointed. What do I need? What do I need right now? Do I need a solution to this thing that's kind of left hanging now because maybe my partner didn't follow through? Do I need a kind word or some understanding because they didn't really understand or hear what I had to say? Do I need to offer myself some encouragement or praise or acknowledgement? Because I felt unseen, right? Whatever it is, you want to be asking yourself, like, what do I need for myself right now? If this other person didn't give it to me or can't give it to me or didn't know to give it to me, how can I make sure I still get what I need? What do I need to hear for myself? What do I need to say to myself? Or is there a friend that I have or a coach that I can reach out to? that can help me meet myself here and soothe myself. Self-soothing and taking care of yourself is also intentionally directing your thinking and not allowing yourself to ruminate and spiral down further into the rabbit hole of feeling disappointed and then discouraged and then despair. So how can you practice validating yourself? How can you practice honoring yourself, being there for yourself? How can you practice self-love and compassion? How can you comfort yourself and accept yourself and just be the best friend, the lover, the confidant, the companion for yourself? Right? That is the self-soothing process. Number five, 
once you have done that, right, like those previous four steps are really important. Acknowledging how you feel, taking responsibility for your feelings and connecting the dots, accepting where you are, and self-soothing. All of that is really designed to like level out your nervous system, help you be okay and to have a sense of safety and security within yourself. And once you've done that, you can then be in a place to have an open and honest conversation with your partner. And what you want that goal to be in that honest and open conversation is where you're having a dialogue and an exchange. It's not a monologue for you to then be on your soapbox about how much they disappointed you, right? You do want to be honest, of course, but you also want to just understand them because sometimes our disappointment comes from telling ourselves a very painful story about our partner doesn't care when maybe that's not really it. So you want to understand if they're not following through on something or if they're not demonstrating empathy or if they're not giving you the encouragement and the acknowledgement and the appreciation and the support that you would really like, you want to understand why that is. Is it that they just don't have the skill set, that they didn't grow up in a home where empathy was free flowing, where praise was offered daily, right? Where being happy and doing things you really love and enjoy no matter what just wasn't how they lived their life. So you want to have an open and honest conversation about what you want, where things are missing or there's a gap for you, but you also want to just understand like, well, tell me more about what you think about it. This is my experience, but I want to hear from you, right? And that can open up the lines of communication. And then step six of this process is just you want to allow the option to find a compromise, right? Like, hey, this was really important to me and I felt disappointed because for these reasons, right? But I want this to work for both of us. So like, where can we compromise? Like, where can we find a way to work through this better and differently in a way that we're both feeling good about the interaction, right? Or you might also in a conversation decide to allow yourself to just be disappointed. If it's something your partner is unable to change, or maybe it's an external circumstance that neither one of you really have much control over right now. Can you just allow yourself to maybe be disappointed for a period of time? And I think the way that we do that in a healthy way, right, this is not about diminishing and denying ourselves at all, right? But it is about acknowledging that sometimes there will be disappointments in your marriage that you will choose to live with. Like every time this happens, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I'm going to feel a little bit disappointed, but that doesn't mean that I have to react and it doesn't mean that I have to do anything to try to control or change it, right? I'm thinking about um, some clients I'm working with now who the husband just really prefers to not spend an extended amount of time visiting her family, right? He has like a small window of time that feels comfortable and doable for him. And she would prefer they have longer vacations. And so... 
this might be a disappointment that she just has to sit with. That like, maybe he comes for the first half, the first week, and then she stays for the two weeks with the kids. Right. So when you're weighing the disappointment, right, you want to be asking yourself how big of a deal of this specific thing in the long run. Right. How big of a deal is this when you weigh everything else and you zoom out and look at the big picture of your relationship? Are there other ways that this need is being met? And are there still enough other good things that it's worth it for you to stay and worth it for you to manage yourself in the emotion of disappointment. Now, I know this is not the thing you want to hear. And I pray and hope that in most instances, you can find a compromise that works for you both. But again, when you're thinking about being with someone for 40, 50, 60 years, There will be moments, there will be times when you don't agree. And maybe you're the one left feeling disappointed. Now, that shouldn't be the case all the time when you can't agree, but it might happen from time to time. And so you want to be thinking about how big of a deal is this? Can I just manage myself in feeling disappointed and still position myself for this to be better for me, to have a better experience in the process? Right. So that's what I have for you dealing with disappointment. There's so many opportunities to be disappointed means you're human being with another human. Right. But you can navigate it better. And I want to offer you that. Yes, your spouse may disappoint you. And quite frankly, you will disappoint yourself, too, sometimes. The goal is not to avoid disappointment. The goal is not to reject disappointment. The goal is to understand it, to learn from it, to grow from it. And most importantly, to be there for yourself, to hold yourself, to soothe yourself, to love yourself, to have compassion and understanding for yourself as you walk through it. These are the conversations that we have inside my coaching programs, whether that's working with me privately in one-on-one coaching or couples coaching or in my group program, The Marriage Upgrade. If this is a conversation you want more of, if this is an aspect of coaching that you are looking for additional support and you want to work with me directly on this topic and other topics, I highly encourage you to go to my website to schedule a consult call with me. We can talk about exactly what's going on for you, as well as how my coaching approach and my perspective can be helpful for you in navigating any disappointment, any point of conflict, any issue where you really feel stuck. I am here to help you. So you can go to my website, drshavon.com, click the work with me tab and book your call right there. And that's what I have for you today. I will be back with you next week for another podcast episode. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly 
forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.